welcome to the Streamcast episode 138. I am Sean DeRager, and with me is Brad Henderson. Hey, Sean. <laughs> What's up, Brad? What's up? Um, B- BJ is not with with us today, but Sarah Jane joins us. Hello. She is, uh, she is Fook This on Twitter. F-O-O-K This. Correct. And you, and you all should be following her. Sarah, welcome to the Screamcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We tried to we tried to do this show last time, and uh, it was uh, this is the third time we're trying to do a vinegar <laughs> syndrome episode. So so things seem to be on the up and up, and I just jinx jinxed us right now. It's all <sighs> going to go down in a ball of flames. I apologize, but um, so uh, I'll, if you if you want to go ahead and let people know about yourself, and let I would like to know about. Um, your 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 girl gang and whoever wants to follow the hashtag. You guys did a, a viewing all together last night of uh, of showgirls. What's that hashtag you use? Something pajama party. PJ pajama party. Yes. Mass- yes, yes, or, yes, yes. Massacre. Yes. PJ pajama yes. party massacre. Oh man, you guys have been doing that. I've noticed. Uh, I think every weekend. What's what, what was the beginnings of that? Oh Noah. Oh, <laughs> Noah. <laughs> Hold on one sec. No, no, no otter pops just yet, okay? When I'm What done, the fuck is Noah doing up? I don't know. When I'm done, I will let you guys have an otter pop right now. Otter I don't want an otter pop. No, otter pop. Otter, otter pop. What He's the fuck is an otter pop? You, you know, don't like know? Juice thing, uh, like, you know, like a s- plastic cylinder thing that you freeze. I'm looking it up. Juice. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but. They are delicious. <laughs> they are. Oh, yeah. so it's well, just little like freezer pop things. Yes. Yeah, freezer pops. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Duh. That's all you got to say. So, the fancy shit name right. brand bullshit. Well, those of you who don't like kids interrupting podcasts, uh, <laughs> fuck you. We're gonna keep on going. So, Sarah, tell us yes. about the PJ Pajama Party Massacre. It's a well, lot. Of, that that hashtag last night was a lot of fun, especially when you got to around to talking about pool sex. <laughs> dolphin sex? <laughs> yeah. Man, that scene is the most unsexy sex scene in any film oh, ever. Yeah. Um, my girl gang consists of oh gosh, I can't I have to remember their hashtags. It's too early. Um No, 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 it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we just got together like a month ago. It's five of uh of us women who are all writers and I don't know. We just bonded and decided to come together and have our girl gang. So then we decided we were going to do um, watch movies. And then we thought, let's just make a hashtag and, you know, live tweet them. So we've done it, I think, every Saturday for the last month. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining to follow along. Even if you're not watching the movie, it's just a lot of fun to to follow along. We're, we're pretty well. we're pretty naughty. <laughs> oh, and there's always a game of dare, double dare that follows. And so um, the girls get together in a room and dare or double dare each other to do things on Twitter. So that's always entertaining. Hmm. Very nice. And what are the sites that you uh, write for? Like, where, where does your writing, uh, where, where is its home? Um, Talkfilmsociety.com. Okay. Or on Twitter, it's TalkFilm SOC, and I have two columns, um, Saturday Afternoon Kaiju, 
which one just dropped yesterday on Godzilla Final Wars, which was awful. And then <laughs> um, my other column is um, that the Kaiju is um, every other week, but my weekly column is Overlooked and Underseen, where I focus on a movie that I think needs some more eyes on it or maybe you want to revisit it, that kind of a thing. Very nice. All right. Right before we jump into this, do you have any? Do we, is there anything else we need to uh, have Sarah? Let's um, no, I'll speak a little bit also on the underseen column. Um, I I'm like through a phase right now where I hate everything pretty much everybody's writing because everybody writes about the same fucking thing. Um, I enjoy when people write about movies that are unheard of or not talked about a lot. Um, you know, not so famous horror films, stuff like that, or just something out of the blue. Um, and so I'm a big fan of, uh, Sarah's column. So I suggest you read it if you want to know about, you know, something new, um, which I think we all need to be talking about instead of, um, Spider-Man and Wonder Woman. So all that's right. all I got. So I guess Sean stepped away for a second because he thought I would <laughs> ramble a lot longer than, uh, than so, but thanks for joining us, Sarah. I'm excited to have you on the show. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you very much. So, um, just to, as a starter question, um, since we're kind of doing this whole, like, uh, you know, women in horror, women appreciation, you know, women loving movies type, type thing. Um, what, um, when was your first like entry into exploitation or horror? Like what really got you into it? Well, when I was about 13, uh, I was babysitting at my neighbor's house and they were one of the few families that had cable and Halloween happened to come on. And so I don't know, it was about midnight. And again, I'm 13 and the kids I were, was watching were four and five. And so that movie scared the shit out of me. And that's the only horror movie now that still gives me the creeps. So that was it. I was in love and terrified at the same time. Mm. Do you felt like Laurie Strode there for the night? I absolutely did because I had no idea what it was (laughs) or what I was getting into. But I checked all the windows four times. I made sure all the doors were locked. Yeah, it was. And every time it came on when I was babysitting, I still watched it, even though it filled me with dread. Now, did that want to make you go out and discover more stuff, or did you have, like, you know, a mom, dad, brother, sister that liked it, too? Um, My mom, um, she would let me watch whatever I wanted to watch or take me to the movies to see whatever I wanted to. But I also kind of looked older than I was because I was really tall. So I was able to get into movies whenever I wanted to. So like when Blue Velvet came out, I was way underage, but got in to see that by myself. So that was the movie that got me really loving film. It changed my life. Cool. So you you basically did it on your own, which is which is cool too. Um, yes, but my, my mother I, I, was. A, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say my mother was a huge um, influence on it um, when I was little. She just sat me in front of the television and was like, "Hey, let's watch." The, you know, I grew up watching these horror films. Let's watch these together. Well, that's what so we're trying just, to do with our son. Yeah. How old's your kid? He's six, 
And so he's seen things um, maybe that he shouldn't have seen accidentally, like dead <laughs> snow or um, Trumbo for some reason. But he also just watched the last four episodes of Ash versus Evil Dead. So at this point, you know, we're like winners at parents because if he can handle that, you know, he's ready for anything. Cool. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. My my biggest uh, thing is I, I like to know how everybody got into it, especially um, ladies. So, all right, Sean, yeah. you want to and, and, start talking uh, about and, whoa, whoa, well, 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 whoa. well, and and Sarah's uh, Sarah's uh, Twitter icon uh, and the use of um, I'm having a brain blank on her name starts with the E. Edwig Finnick. Ed, yes. Um, you use you use her pictures a lot, and it's fantastic. And uh, I'm not complaining. Okay. Uh, because she's my queen, and sometimes she's in a lot of movies, and there's a lot of nudity in her movies. So I welcome that very much, and I like to share that with everyone. Yeah, they're definitely not complaining over on this side, so you no. keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Um, yeah, let's move into um, – we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break for news with Josh Obershaw, and then we'll come back and talking about some Vinegar Syndrome movies. So stick around. And Josh Obershaw finally joins us after far too long for our news. Josh, what's up, man? Hey, everybody. How's it going, Sean? Good, man. Busy, busy, and more busy, but going well. Uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's been kind of been kind of crazy on my end, and it's hot as balls, which is making it <laughs> even more pleasant. But the show must go on. Yes. So there was a lot of things that were happening, but I want to just uh, concentrate on some of the more exciting things, such as uh, there's some new stuff on the Ronin Flix uh, site. Have you checked that out, Sean? Yes, they took some money from me yesterday. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what we got, uh, they've got Kingdom of the Spiders with William Shatner. That's available right now, as well as One Dark Night, starring Meg Tilly and the late Adam West. Let's see, what else have they got on there? Just a whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, Humongous, which is making yeah. its Blu-ray debut, is also available. So, yeah, go check out RoninFlix.com and uh, give them some money because they got some good stuff. Yeah, they're also working on some uh, Diabolic DVD exclusives. Um, and I, I'm not sure if those are up yet. but Not um, yet. Okay. So now that they're doing Diabolic DVD exclusives and those look damn cool. I'm like, God damn it. I don't, I don't have all this money to just, to just, uh, spend. But, um, but yeah, keep your eyes out for those runinflix.com and diabolicdvd.com and you'll be, uh, you'll be sending a lot of money towards Code Red and Scorpion. So. Oh, speaking of Scorpion, uh, they also announced that they're going to be releasing a movie called Blind Date from 1984. This one stars Joseph Bottoms, early appearance from Kirstie Alley, Alana Clarkson, and Kier D'Elia from 2001. So that 
looks like a very, very interesting flick. I've never heard it before. I'm more familiar with the uh, 1987 comedy Blind Date with uh, Bruce Willis and Kim Basinger, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Moving right along up. Also today, as we're recording, July 11th, is the beginning of the Criterion sale over at Barnes & Nobles. Yeah. Every, everything Criterion is going to be 50% off. They do this twice a year. The sale runs from today all the way to August 7th. So get on that and grab as many um, Criterion Blu-rays as you can. I will be getting my first at some point. Yes, I do not own a Criterion Blu-ray as as of right now. So boo hiss all you want. But Oh, yeah. man, they're, you know, they can be pricey. So these sales are great for jumping in. Hey, real quick, the, the three exclusives on Diabolic DVD, Cry of a Prostitute, um, Corrupt with Harvey Keitel and Johnny Rotten. And then making a Blu-ray debut is Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Oh, that's right. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Yeah. I forgot about that. So that that for sure is is what I'm going to be ordering um, because I wanted to get the DVD. And the DVD was always, you know, the way he had a store was hard to find. So now that it's coming out on DVD and ordering through Diabolic DVD, that's even better. So. Exactly. I mean, I, I keep hearing about it on uh, on the Pure Cinema podcast, and I'm like, God, I want to see that. Yeah. The other two, I'm not sure. But, I mean, Harvey Keitel and Johnny Rotten and Corrupt, I mean, I've never seen that, that film. I don't know. But, I mean, that, that right there is like, you know, enough to get me to buy that for sure. Oh, yeah. I've never even heard of it until until this uh, Diabolic Exclusives. But that is that alone is worth the price of admission. I will admit that. Okay, next up from Screen Factory, they released, uh, they revealed a couple of uh, exciting titles. The first one is going to be George A. Romero's 2005 flick Land of the Dead. That one is coming out on October 24th. Also coming out on October 24th, they're, re- they're releasing a collector's edition of the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. And as far as uh, bonus features, they're still working on it, but we know for sure that there's going to be interviews with uh, James Gunn, who's also featured prominently on the upcoming collector's edition of Slither. And I think it's really cool that someone like Ty Burrell, who's you know really big on Modern Family right now, took some time to do an interview for a Blu-ray of Dawn yeah. of the Dead. So you got to give it up for that. And it will include both the unrated and the theatrical version. Okay. Now, the one thing a lot of people are asking, and I don't know if they've really talked about it, um, like the only thing that would really get me to dive into this, because I already have the Blu-ray, it would be like a new transfer, because for some people, the transfer was problematic. Um, But I I haven't seen Screen Factory comment at all that that this is going to be a new transfer. It's just looking like, so far, it's just some new special features. At the moment, that's what it looks like, but that could pretty much change. Yeah, that is that is something that I I did notice. They didn't mention anything okay. about a new transfer. I mean, to me, it looks fine. I don't know. I mean, I really, I I don't know. Like, I am totally happy with my Blu-ray that I have. So. Well, I've never. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I've never seen it on Blu-ray either. I'm just my memory of seeing it on the big screen is pretty. Uh, <laughs> It's still pretty fresh in my mind, even after oh, yeah. eleven. Oh, excuse me, thirteen years. Holy shit! I know, right? 
Oh my god. <laughs> it's one of the few horror movies I got my wife to accompany me to. And uh, she hasn't really accompanied me to a horror movie since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after an opening like that, I, I, I can imagine why. It's, it's one of the best, like, it's one of the best remakes out there. And that the opening is just one of the best openings to a horror movie, period. Uh, modern horror movie, especially. It's just Agreed. It's fantastic, man. Just tension and and of course the use of a Johnny Cash song is oh uh, yes is even better. I love that song. So, yeah, good deal. I'm, I'm glad this getting collector's edition. I would just I would only really bite if it was a new transfer. There has to be something with because Screen Factory is doing this a lot. They're taking movies that are already on Blu-ray, giving them some more special features. But for me to rebuy something, uh, it's going to take you know a little extra from them. So I'm I'm, I'm cautiously keeping an eye on it. Cool. Well, there's actually one more Screen Factory announcement that I want to mention because I know a lot of people have been waiting for this one. It's the Poughkeepsie tapes, everybody. The Poughkeepsie tapes is finally seeing the light of day after 10 fucking years. People (laughs) get to see this movie and find out what all the fuss is about. Hopefully it's good. That one. Hopefully it is good. I mean, I, I'm trying hard not to psych myself up, but 10 years. I mean, just the two years waiting for Trick or Treat was painful enough. <laughs> so imagine a whole decade. But yeah, yeah I mean, this is another like all the boys love Mandy Lane type thing where a movie's kind of shelved and, you know, people want to see. And I, I really dug, uh, I really dig all the boys love Mandy Lane. I remember I got the uh, UK Blu-ray before it hit this, you know, it got an actual domestic release. And I've heard, I mean, I've heard good things about Poughkeepsie tapes. I think you need to keep your expectations and measure just like any movie you're anticipating. The the problem is with a lot of people I talk to and a lot of the negative reviews that I read is like, it all boils down to expectation. And if you let your expectations get out of, get out of hand, you're probably going to be disappointed most of the time. But but I'm, I, I hear it's a solid flick, so I'm interested in, in checking it out. That's cool. Like this, is, this is the stuff that I want Screen Factory to do. Yeah, that is true. And um, yeah, and I, I hear a lot of great things about it, especially for a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the Screen Factory news. That's going to be a little bit of an appetizer because we know pretty soon they're going to be making a whole bunch of announce announcements at Comic Con. Yep. So uh, we'll be telling you all about that. Which, by the way, I but, will be down in San Diego on, I believe, we're having a podcast meetup. I nice. I think I'm going down on the 20th. It's a Thursday of next week. But keep an eye on my, my Twitter, Sean C. DeRigger. And I'll, I'll throw something up on the Screamcast Twitter, too, Scream underscore cast. But I'll be heading down there. To hang out with some other podcasters, we'll be at a bar, and we'll be hanging out, chatting. So I'll I'll let everyone know that that's where I'll be when the time gets closer. So within the next few days. Excellent, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, Severin. I don't know if we mentioned this the last time because it it's been a long time, but they're going to be putting out 
Joe D'Amato's Beyond the Darkness on July 25th. I know that's one that I believe 88 Films has on their roster. Yeah, I think they do, and I, I feel like I got an Australian version of it, too. Oh, uh, I see. But they've got two more Joe D'Amato movies planned for later this year. One is called Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. And guess what? Anthropophagus is getting a Blu-ray release here in the United States. Yeah. I'm, I, th- this is one of the big ones on my wish list. <laughs> this I've one and neither have I. I've, I've heard so much about it. And it's, one, yeah. it's one of those really, really notoriously you know, ugly movies. And I'm like, mm-hmm. sold? I had got the 88 Films limited edition and had got word rumblings that Severin may be releasing it, so I sold my 88 films because I knew since it was limited that I can sell it basically for what I bought it for. And I've been anxiously, <laughs> just patiently waiting for the Severin version. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going to be on the Severin version because there's no dates, no other information yeah. other than that. But uh, the, the 88 films remastered special edition has some pretty cool stuff like 2K restoration and uh, the East Bend Chronicles. Yeah, and there was a Forty so, Second Street documentary, I think, that they put on there. But I, I, I think one of my domestic releases, like some, like one of the Blue Underground releases, or someone put that documentary on one of their Blu-rays. So that, it was like the one thing I was really holding onto it for. I was like, I already was on another Blu-ray I had. So I was like, well, I can sell this, make make my money back, and then just be patient. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, yeah, beyond, I think, uh, beyond the darkness. By the way, um, Umbrella Films put it out on Blu-ray a couple years back, but oh, okay. I, I guarantee you the Severin transfer is going to be a lot better. It's not a very good transfer. Oh, I see. Well, on the on the, Aust- on the Umbrella version, so yeah. Well, I'm glad I saved my money then. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what would we do? Beyond the darkness and Anthropophagus. I'm not too familiar with uh, Joe D'Amato's stuff, so I think. These two are going to be a good jumping-off point for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some other future titles from 88 Films coming out. They've got Lucio Fulci's Touch of Death, which is coming out August 7th. Bruno Mattei's Zombie Creeping Flesh, that's <laughs> August 28th. Happy Hell Night, also on August, uh, August 7th. Excuse me. Luther the Geek, which I know is a Vinegar Syndrome title over mm-hmm. here. That one comes out on September 11th. See, what else have I got? Oh, yes. At the top of 2017, you might remember I mentioned the fact that we are getting a new Chucky movie entitled Cult of Chucky. Mm -hmm. There's a a release date. Universal is putting it out on Blu-ray and DVD on October 3rd. I'm in, man. And they're also releasing another goddamn box set. (laughs) I'm done, man. No more box sets. I got the one. I have the the last movie on a separate Blu-ray. And then I then I'll, I'll just get this. I'm fine, but but man, uh, <laughs> these Chucky movies, man, the same writer director or same director has been involved with every single one. Am I am I correct in that? Pretty much, yeah. Like I don't think that's really happened. Not really. I mean, even not though Ronnie, films. I, yeah, not this many films. I know Ronnie Yu did uh, directed Bride of Chucky, yeah. but yeah, I mean. Dude, how many how many franchises can you say can boast that? I mean, other than yeah. Phantasm. 
Yeah, and and he's not interested in like retconning anything. He's trying to fit all the <laughs> everything prior has happened. So, like Seed of Chucky in the crazier films, like even these two n- newer films, which they could have easily done like a reboot or something. Like all the crazy shits happened. You know, it's all part of the world and the story. Man, I'm I'm really pumped for Cult of, Cult of Chucky. I really can't wait. So am I. <laughs> That's probably my most anticipated release in October so far. Oh yeah, I'm I'm buying that as soon as as soon as it comes out. I mean, it's, there's no questions about that. Cool. Well, on the horror front, that's pretty much all the big news um, for all you animation fans, especially you Batman fans. Uh, 1993's Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, the animated yes. film spinoff from the uh the classic animated series that one is finally coming out on blu-ray from warner archive sometime this month i don't know when exactly but it is coming out and what's interesting is they they're presenting it in not only the theatrical format the one one eight five to one aspect ratio they're also presenting a full frame too which is interesting because um that was the original plan for this movie it was going to be a direct-to-video release all right okay but halfway through uh i guess the, the higher-ups of warner brothers said holy shit this is incredible this needs to be in theaters so the <laughs> so bruce tim and everyone's just like well fuck i mean <laughs> we got to reframe this whole thing for 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 a theatrical so yeah it, it's going to be pretty exciting to see that version of of the movie as well Cool man, it's one of my favorite animated Batman. Films. It's one of my favorite Batman films of all time. Like, it's really good. It is exceptional. Yeah. So hopefully, this means we'll probably get the entire animated series on Blu-ray. But <sighs> um, we can dream. <laughs> and with that, that is all the news that I have. All right. Awesome. Well, there's always plenty uh, of films out there, plenty of Blu-rays for Stampgare Pockets for. So, thanks, Josh, for the uh, for the heads up on all that. Oh, it's no problem. It's good, it's good to be back. Yeah, and it's good to be talking with everybody. <laughs> so, we'll see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> all right, Josh. Thanks. See you later. We are back with Sarah Jane. Uh, we are going to be discussing uh, the recent batches from Vinegar Syndrome. We're going to start with their more exploitation things, and we'll dive into the back room uh, briefly near the end of the show. I do need to say this, that because um, BG's not here to say it, but she will be starting a um, she's going to be starting a her own patron only podcast. Um, kind of a short and sweet thing. She's going to be pairing up different, uh, pornos together for double feature. And, um, as we get more information on that, as she, as she starts doing them, I'll let you guys know about them. I'm trying to see, like, she sent me a, she sent me a picture. 
she she even like had a uh, logo made. I'm trying to find the name of it. Oh yeah, she did. She tweeted um, it out, but I'm I'm failing here. I can't find it. Anyway, um, so I'm excited to kind of start getting that out to our, our patrons. I think what we're gonna do is uh, I haven't figured out the dollar level. I'm thinking like if you're a patron, you're gonna get it. So what if? whatever whatever level you're at i don't know we'll figure it out but uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really excited because she's just gonna be sending me those and i'll be putting in some music and putting them up for everyone mm, so sexy music your, hopefully oh totally you kidding me hell yes so keep your eyes and ears open for that but we're gonna be chatting about a few flicks right here and uh let's dive right into it shall we All right, so the first film we will be talking about is 1983's Double Exposure. Oh, shit. He was a photographer. They were his models. Smile. He built illusions. Oh, it's a simple relationship, you model. And I photograph. It's good. He created dreams. No, you weren't. Special you want to do for me? How's this? That's special. You slut! Talk, tease me, turn me on, and then play like you're innocent. To hell with you! Hell with you! And then the dreams became a living nightmare. Double exposure. Now, uh, the synopsis is that a uh, photographer for a men's magazine uh, has a recurring dream that he's killing models in various disturbing and gruesome means. And then, uh, is it him or not? I don't know. I don't know. Who's doing all the killing? Is he really doing it? That's my synopsis for it. Wow. <laughs> that That's usually, that's better than normal. I'm quite impressed. <laughs> uh, it's directed by William Byron Hillman and uh, stars Michael Callan. Yeah, Michael Callan up in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So was this a first time for you, uh, Sarah, seeing this, or is this something that you're familiar with? I am actually, I'm sorry, I'm looking it up. I feel like I've seen it because I see Joanne Pettis in it, but you guys carry on and I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Pamela Hen- Hensley's in it. Um, who else? Anyway. But, um, oh, I, I really liked it. I always, I felt like... Michael Callan was like he's almost like a goofy version of George Clooney. Like I kept getting George Clooney vibe from him. George Clooney film. when he's all like hot yeah, and like, sexy. Yeah, like, like when like he's like waking goofy, up from his like nightmares and stuff. Like a like yeah, hot and sweaty, goofy looking George Clooney. Like just when he first meets when he first kind of meets that that model who becomes kind of his love interest near the beginning of the film and he's like but he's like very creepy but he's like trying to be like very um charming you know it was just like it was like someone mm. trying to so do you a find bad george, clooney, george charming? clooney george clooney has that little kind of charming little you know smile no, I, and I, he kind of does his little head bobble he has a head I, bobble. I agree i agree i'm a big george clooney fan i just i just want to so, hear you talk about him more yeah okay so i felt <laughs> yeah. like michael michael callan like phil seemed to be channeling george clooney before probably george clooney was even born 
No, so George, George Clooney is George Clooney. No, this is eighty three. Never mind. Wait, wait, wait. He was so, acting. So, so George Clooney <laughs> is in your boner jams. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. All right, yeah. all right. Just checking. Just that's checking. It's a fair. It's a fair shake. So d- yeah, double exposure was fun. Um, I, I think it's. Uh, I think it is the highlight of the batch uh, that we're going to be talking about for the most part. Um, my only like the only thing with double exposure that kind of I like it, but I. I don't is that the movie can't really make up its mind what it wants to be. Like it, at first it's like a straightforward slasher and then it's like yeah. puts on the brakes is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, let's be really sleazy. And then, and then it gets really, really <laughs> sleazy. And they're like, well, no, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just be like kind of a thriller. And it's like, okay, let's do that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's go back to slasher. Yeah. And it's like and they have like weird comedic moments too with his yeah, little, uh, and there's like some really funny moments, but like <laughs> you know, there's that one sequence when he's um in the RV with that woman, and mm. he just pulls out a blade and he like starts cutting between her boobs and stuff, and it's like <laughs> oh my god, like calm down, like I did not expect that from this movie. And then the uh the um the silly uh death uh scene in the pool when he like drowns her with like a fucking pole. Yeah, there's no way that there's no way. I was like, swim away, bit, swim away. <laughs> oh no, but she didn't know. No, that was the whole thing. She didn't know how to swim. But still, you know thing. how to move. <laughs> the pool ain't twenty feet deep. <laughs> that shit was a. That was like a a, a lap pool. Yeah, like as a kiddie pool she was in. Well, no, he had her swim to the deep end, and he goes, just hold on, just hold on to the sides. You'll be fine. I got you. And then he, you know, then he does that. So, hey, she was in the deep end, and she didn't know how to swim. Uh, All right. So, parents you have, teach your kids how to wait, swim. do your kids swim? Uh, two of mine do. My five-year-old is about to take some lessons. All right. His lesson should be with that pole. <laughs> See what you can do first. But yeah, I, I I dug I dug double exposure. I think it's just going to be one of those ones that's not really looked at so much because I think people are looking at it kind of like one of those um, sleazy like after dark like eighty nineties movies, which it yeah. kind of is at the same time. Um, you know, there was uh, Mill Creek put this out um, a few years ago on uh, something called After Dark Thrillers, which had a lot of those movies like that on on there, and I just uh, this movie always kind of it always feels out of place no matter where it is because it's such a mixed genre that it doesn't know what it wants to be and then it ends before it actually like solidifies to what it's really supposed to be going on and i guess the thing is it's like kind of a pseudo like it's a pseudo slasher thriller um yeah but i mean it's good i i definitely i definitely like it it's just it's just movies just all over the fucking place well the beginning of the film starts off like a cop, undercover cop type flick, where they're monitoring that guy just up as a as a prostitute, and you know shit goes down. Like I was wanting to follow those detectives throughout the film a lot more. Like I thought it was setting us up to follow them around. And maybe then, you like, could write a, a sudden, spinoff. I know you you could because all of a sudden we're following Michael Michael Callan around, and and he's aka more George of the main Clooney character George Clooney. The uh... so. The IMDb lists this as a comedy, just for oh, your knowledge. What? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. So there comedy you go. It's crime crazy. drama. <laughs> but that, it, it, that's exactly what it is, though. <laughs> like, I know, I know we're laughing, but that is what it is. Like, it is a comedy. It is a crime. It is a drama. It's so weird. Yeah. You know? 
So, uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I don't want to put a damper on this conversation, but one of the, uh, one of his buddies, the guy that the paraplegic, um, not paraplegic. God damn it. God He's damn not it, paraplegic. Idiot. He's... I know. It's early. It's early. <laughs> He's an amputee. Uh, amputee. <laughs> to any paraplegic and amputees listening, I apologize for fucking that up. <laughs> He's an amputee. <laughs> but his, his, uh, <laughs> His story gets dark in real life. I'm going to have you guys look it up, but... Uh, oh, no, dude. He's like yeah. a fucking pedophile or some bullshit. I, you, know, you know, I wasn't going to try to bring us down. But yeah. Well, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, James... James, What ha- fucking happened? To- oh, he died. Uh, oh, well. No harm, no foul there if pedophile dies. So... But yeah, um, I dug it. It's it's uh, you can get it vinegarsyndrome.com. You can get it at Grindhouse Video. You can watch it probably like on Amazon Prime with, with some like shitty like uh, Mill Creek transfer. If that's probably what they still have <laughs> up there. So AKA VHS. Um, but yeah, that's a give it a watch. Give it a watch if you can. No, I oh. I, I I think it's the highlight of uh, I think it's the highlight of the um of the pack. Other than Red wow. Mob. Wow. All right, we'll get to Red Mob in just a little bit. What if we get to Red let's... Mob right now? Fine, let's get to Red Mob. Because people are like, fuck, what's, what's Red Mob? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Russian name is Chitabobi Vyshlit. Wow, our Russian How's listeners that? are going to be pissed, bro. Chitabobi Vyshlit. If there's yeah. a Russian amputee listening to this show, <laughs> he's going to be really mad. <laughs> Oh uh, man, this is a, a 1993. Can you believe it? It felt like a 1983. Whoa, <laughs> dad jokes. That's like a dad movie joke. It's directed by Vislevrodvald Prokin. <laughs> All right. All right, just stop. <laughs> so, uh, Red Mob was a, um, kind of a discovery uh for vinegar syndrome red mob was never released um as far as we know in the u.s uh on vhs or dvd or laserdisc um Mm -hmm. it had a theatrical run in russia um and had i guess a small release on laserdisc and vhs over in russia but that's pretty much it um and this film was unheard of and vinegar syndrome actually has the a version that was never ever released to the general public, which is the extended cut of the film. Um, so that's the first time this has ever been shown um, in HD to the world. So that's that's a pretty big accomplishment, I would say, for for a small for a small company. Yeah. So Red Mob is, I would say, Red Mob. If you took Commando. And had him fuck Rambo. <laughs> and maybe, like, had the KGB, like, videotape it. That's what Red Mob is. <laughs> I'm what adding, do you say? <laughs> I'm adding this to my watch list immediately. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, in, it's, 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 in, the movie's insane, number one. It, it, it's all over, like, talk about a movie that's all over the place, just like this, um, Kind of this description I'm going to give is all over the place. So you really don't know what's happening in Red Mob until maybe, what, maybe an hour oh, and 20 minutes into the movie? The plot's <laughs> actually revealed? Yeah, yeah. 
Like I've watched this, I've watched this uh, like four times uh, this year already, <laughs> and I've watched it with different people each time, and each time somebody in the room, whether it's twenty minutes in, an hour in, I actually had somebody almost an hour into the movie turn to me and say, "Brad, this movie's awesome, but what the fuck is it about?" <laughs> and it's like, no, just give it a second. The plot comes up. Um, but the, what I was told from, um, from Vinegar Syndrome is that the film is all, and you can obviously see it if you pay attention to the scene setup. The film is also misedited as well. So people will be having a conversation, walking in the, like, outside in the snow. A bunch of action will happen with this person. This person might even die in the movie. But then, 30 minutes later, we're back to that same conversation of them walking in the snow, talking. Oh, there's Bill and Tarantino. They're just, you know, he's just, just, you know, going out of sequence. Do you want to hear the IMDB uh, user synopsis for this? Uh, I just looked at it, but yes, please do. The Ready. long tentacles of an unholy alliance between the KGB and the Russian mafia reach a camp where Oleg, an elite officer and Afghan war veteran, is holidaying with his son. But when Oleg's friend refuses to lead a drug and gun smuggler's caravan through a desert impasse, Oleg's son is taken hostage. Oh, shit! Him, Oleg agrees to lead the caravan, pretending to go along with the mob. He leads them directly into a trap where he and his son must fight their way through a desert inferno of explosions and mayhem if they are to escape. Damn. All right. That's perfect. But that happens an hour and 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> the first hour and 20 minutes is exposition and nothing's happening other than a lot of conversations and people dying. And then all of a sudden, an hour and 20 minutes in, that's what happens. And it's like, oh, 30 minutes of just this. Yeah. It so was hey, like. It is, <laughs> it is one of the most epic helicopter showdowns oh my god <laughs> the fucking dogfight between the helicopters is fucking epic as fuck so another story about this film is that the, the, this film actually had kgb on set and the kgb was kind of doing like their thing and like the, i guess they're the ones flying the helicopters <laughs> so the whole movie is just like it, it, it's insane and the cool thing is is that uh oleg the guy who plays oleg i don't know his like real name um he Let is me a look it up i will look up i will tell you stop he is uh, he he's a fairly popular actor in in russian and then a lot of people would probably recognize him as geyser from the night watch movies uh, he plays Geyser in uh, Night Watch and Day Watch, which, you know, sadly, those films never actually went anywhere as far as the trilogy that was promised. But, hey, if you want to watch uh, a Russian movie where there are ghosts, werewolves, shapeshifters, vampires, um, and that could do crazy things, Night Watch is for you. Oh, yeah. this The so. sequels... The sequel... The are, sequel... But- yeah, tonight, for the, tonight watch. Yeah, day watch. Oh, yeah, day watch. I thought you meant to Red Mob, and so I was. Confused. Oh God! If there's a sequel to Red Mob, <laughs> give it. <laughs> well, technically, there is a sequel to Red Mob. It's in the movie. You're because you watch another movie, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, Oleg's back. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, sadly, nice. this film had sold out almost immediately with Vinegar Syndrome. 
Um, but I'm hoping that they give like a uh, a not deluxe edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put it back out, maybe double it with something else, or you could find it on exploitation TV, which I highly suggest you get. Um, so yeah. you know, because it, maybe these movies aren't for everybody. Um, I don't know how much rewatch value that some of these movies have for kind of the general public. But I mean, if you love crazy exploitation action movies, uh, fucking. You know, you you can watch like the last even thirty minutes of Red Mob, and then like, oh my god, this is fucking epic as shit. Well, so. these films though lend themselves, like especially Red Mob, to uh, if you have you know you and your friends, if you like the same kind of shit, and a lot of people or even people who haven't seen these movies, like would make a fun viewing party. You know what I mean? Oh, everyone over. I've watched Red drinks. Mob a few times with people, and people have a fucking blast. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, do a do some sort of theme, you know, big big uh, fur hats and vodka, you know. Oof. Dude, if you would watch Night Watch and Red Mob, how good oh, of a fucking man. double feature would that be? Because <laughs> both of those movies are proof. insane. Jesus, dude! Even <laughs> like in the first like five minutes of Night Watch, when they go inside the house. And, uh, bear, firefly, and tiger enter the room, and they tell tiger to intervene, and tiger actually turns into a fucking tiger and leaps on the wall. It's like, oh my god, this is the movie that I wanted when I was like seven. (laughs) So. Alright, let's move, let's move on. Just keeping moving. Um, next, let's talk about Malibu High. Yes! I'm going to get the highest grades and studying isn't going to have anything to do with it. Kim wants to graduate from Malibu High with honors. Most kids do it by making grades. Kim does it by making appointments. What are you doing after school? If you're interested, I'll be at High Point. I'm not interested. High Point. I'll be there. She's studying with the best instructors at Malibu High. And if she can't learn enough from nine to three, you game for a little game. She takes her teachers on a field trip. Well, that's an offer hard to resist. Then don't. Malibu High. This is All right. a 1979 film that, on via the cover, looks like a 1980s sex comedy. <clears throat> that cover so is wrong. so deceiving. The or the poster oh for it, you think, oh, I'm getting a hot girl, and then you oh, get yeah. that girl, and yeah, she's gross. She <laughs> is. I I, I kind of liked her. I don't really care for the movie, but you know, I I wish I well no. She, how old is she? Oh, I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm not done talking. Like, she's supposed to be 16. Or no no, it's your senior year, so she's probably eighteen. That doesn't matter. You don't fuck high 18. schoolers. She she <laughs> says she's eighteen at one point. She does say that. Yeah yeah, she's a senior. That bit needs to grow up a little bit. Go to college, and then maybe I'll say, hey, what's up? All I know is, uh, when I was in high school, when I was a senior, um, one of my one of my classmates uh, flirted with our science teacher, and once she graduated, they were a couple. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it All right. Um, so this is directed by Irvin Berwick. So Sarah, you yes. you like this movie? Um, I. <laughs> we'll let yeah. you take the lead. Go ahead. <laughs> I did like this movie, but it, <sighs> I watch a lot of these kind of movies, and so I can't say it's great and everybody should watch it. 
but I mean, they should. But it's just my kind of movie. So although it's the lead is gross, and I don't buy her as you know the hot prostitute for the poster. Absolutely, that's not her. her. No, you look. (laughs) That looks like you're getting you know a a fun movie where people are just having sex on the beach, and instead you get this woman that has really bad posture. That bothered me. It's dead. It bothered me through the whole thing. It's like stand up straight, lady. Fuck. Anyway, so oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, well, the the synopsis is uh, so she's a high school senior and she's, uh, I don't know, dumped by her boyfriend or something like that. And she's her grades are just awful. She's flunking. So she's, she's totally flunking out. So she's getting that F. F. Debt. She's F. but she wants that. She wants that D though. Exactly. <laughs> she wants that D to get that F up. <laughs> <laughs> This is the most uh, unsexy talk I've ever heard you say. You need to talk about George Clooney more. Yeah, yeah. So she begins to try to seduce her teachers for better grades. She takes on a prostitution job uh, to get money so she can get a car and get the hell out of Dodge. Uh, and then also she gets wrapped up in possibly some assassination. Dude, like so. how fucking crazy is that shit in this movie? <laughs> I maybe like that shit, that shit. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying this shit's crazy. What what were you going to say? I was just going to quote her line, which was the best one in the movie that said, I may be a hooker, but I'm not a hit girl. <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of sexy. <laughs> she said um, it, so maybe not. <laughs> um, yeah, this I, I, I'm not a fan of the movie. I'll just I'll just say it that way. Um, I, I again, this is one of those Mill Creek box sets that came out, and I was like, "Oh shit, a sex comedy I've never seen." Because it's on the it's on the box set of like Hunks, the Van, and the Vals, and all this, and I'm like, "Oh shit, this is a sex comedy I've never seen." Nope. It's just I, I feel it's just like this really sleazy, boring drama. Um, I was I was not a fan, so I am not going to talk people out of seeing this. So you could take the lead else, Sean, or whatever else there's, you want to talk about. There, there's one scene like the 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 pimp or whoever she starts strikes up a relationship with has like the most hair on his chest I think, that I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And there's a scene where she's just like playing with his chest hair, like strands of like rubbing her fingers through his hair. And you know, I just, I got chest hair, but I mean that that stuff's like it was you know, it, he's been, it was a pelt. <laughs> it's Austin Powers, straight up Austin Powers shit going on. Like, uh, what, what's, what, are, what are those things called that, um, shit. I can't, I can't think, uh, not rats. Like, <laughs> well, I need, with this? I need more information. <laughs> the, like, I, they're Tankless. like, no, 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 no. It's something, they, they eat their prey. And then they digest everything and oh owls. So owls eat and then they How they do you spit get up owls from rats. Oh my god. <laughs> so they spit up that like ball of fucking bones and fur shit. How did we get on this conversation? I don't Chest know. Hair. Yeah, Chest that's hair. what it looks like. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, Malibu High is not what you're expecting. That's that's what we're saying. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's like this kind of sleazy high school prostitution assassination flick. 
you know, but she, she's, she's, I don't know. She's in charge of her own destiny. So I guess that's, that's what we're supposed to take out of it. She's at least <laughs> doing all this on her at, on her own. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so there could be some female empowerment here. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't feel of it that way because mainly it's, uh, you know, it's high schoolers. <laughs> so, like, not saying high schoolers can't have that, but still, it's just, it, the, the film is just, I feel like it's trying to push buttons too much, but it just never achieves it like other films, uh, do. Like, when I was talking about, um, private lessons, uh, a right. couple, a couple weeks ago, where, you know, the older woman fucks the 15 year old boy. Like, Hello. okay. That's weird. Like the whole movie, but that movie achieves its sleaziness and, you know, just being fucked up. This like tries to be, but I think it's mainly because she does look so much older than 18. Like you just can't really buy yeah. that she's a high schooler and it doesn't have that high school learning feel either. It just like high school's just like the setting, but she's not really in high school doing high school things with girls. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I've just never been a fan of the movie. Yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> that's Malibu High. <laughs> All right. We have a few more to talk about here, and then we will uh, be getting out be getting out of here. We're, this this episode, we're going to be keeping a little bit short and sweet. We'll be back to our longer episodes uh, hopefully next week. We'll get all the segments in. But um, let's talk about another one of their limited editions. Ooh, Mm. 1972's Sweet Sugar. Meet Sugar. She's beautiful. In chains. And she's busting out, shackled to the steamy cane fields of a tropical inferno with a whirlpool of women that plunges you into the depths of desire. They're women. They're warm. They're wildcats. Meet the doctor who's satisfied his vile gluttony on the bodies of the innocent. It's only because you don't understand how far my proposal extends. Oh, I can see how far it extends. Yes. Phyllis Davis. I, yes. I liked Sweet Sugar. Um, it was, you know, the women in prison whole thing. And it's, I'm always, I always love those, those films. And like, you know, like, was it, um, Big Bird Cage and, and other films like that are always a lot of fun. This had that vibe. Um, for me, so this prostitute, her name's Sugar, gets set up and she basically gets taken to one of these chain gang type, uh, they're all cutting sugar cane and she's forced to stay there and, uh, the, there's like a creepy doctor who wants to, uh, have sex with her and also possibly do experiments on the women. I, I like it. It's a like, it's like a, like a pseudo black exploitation movie mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. and you know, sexy ladies are carrying around machetes. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> so, uh, Phyllis Davis plays Sugar. Um, she's gorgeous. She's she's hot. I love her. What can yeah, I say? Yeah, she she's definitely really really cute in this movie. So yeah. So no, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Go take it, Brad. Well, I just want to say, for the most part, with with kind of how this film set up, I, I I think that to maybe appeal to more people, it feels like this weird, like um, 
like prequel to maybe like Turkey Shoot. Like it has <laughs> that, that that prison like not prison but like that chain gang vibe. Um and I mean she's she's super gorgeous in the film. Uh I don't know, it, this when I think like women in chains exploitation, these are the types of movies that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um just because it does have like the dominating male, it has the the women fighting back, it has the women overcoming it, and then like, you know, it also but it appeals to everybody. Like it has something for for males and females. Um, so women in chain movies sometimes only go to the male side. Sometimes they only go to the female side, which is very, very uncommon. But, uh, I think this film has something for everybody. Um, you know, and I, I just, I, I like it. I think it's cool. Sarah, what are your thoughts on Sweet Sugar? Uh, I like it. It's one of my, uh, favorites but i also do kind of get it confused because there's another movie called the mothers with jane kennedy but instead of being on a sugar cane um compound i'll call it they're on a coffee compound but it's the same kind of movie so i I get confused yeah yeah i I think this (laughs) would that's that's one of the santiago flicks uh, um the vader syndrome also released but i think that that's i'm glad you mentioned that because that would be a pretty cool double feature though yes absolutely Totally. So, but yeah, because they're both kind of pseudo black exploitation movies at the same time. So e- awesome. even even though a you know a white female is the lead in this, it still has that you know black exploitation vibe with characters. So yeah, oh, yeah. definitely yeah, something to check characters out. Characters are are really great. Uh, the director directed a movie from 1971 called Werewolves on Wheels. Yes, I really want to see this. Flick. I think that was. Have you seen I think that was. On? Yeah, that was filmed in my hometown, I believe. A biker gang visits a monastery where they encounter black-robed monks engaging in worshiping Satan. Yeah, that was here. Where was that filmed? Um, nope, never mind. It was filmed in California. <laughs> I have the wrong movie. Screwed. Uh, messed. I have the wrong movie. But yeah, Werewolves on Wheels. Sarah, are you a fan of that one? Oh uh, I have seen it, and yes, you should watch it. That's <laughs> uh, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, from the description, Satanic how do you not want to watch it? Yeah. Satanic biker gangs that turn that turn into werewolves. <laughs> I mean, on wheels. Sign me up. Yeah. Oh my god. And they look like they totally look like Wolfman from the original black and white Wolfman flick. Like, it, it's awesome. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, has anyone released Werewolves on Wheels, Brad? Do we know? Um, Werewolves on Wheels was released by, I want to say, Cheesy Flicks on DVD only, though. Hey, Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> Here we go. We just did your homework for you. This is your next film you should release. Do it. No, dark, I'm sorry. Dark Sky Films picked it up. Oh. So, yeah, Dark Sky Films released it, so that means that we possibly could get a blue with with them because they recently transitioned um some of their rights so okay awesome 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 all right so uh yeah that's sweet that's sweet sugar you all should watch sweet sugar i mean if anything just for phyllis davis yes she's great all right you can watch that and like like she's in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Oh yeah, and I love Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. So yes, everyone should watch that. And she's not even the hottest woman in that movie, if you can believe that. That's <laughs> Cynthia Myers. Yeah, well, wow. 
You know, another film this would be fun to be paired up with is this is, uh, I think, going to be a Vinegar Syndrome title that they release as well, but Code Red released it as um, <laughs> just a couple a couple months ago. But uh, Terminal Island with uh, with Tom Selleck. Ooh. Um, Terminal Island is really good where it's um, uh, it's it, it's it inter um, um, fuck I can't even like uh, like a like a co-ed camp in a way. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, Tom Selleck's in it, and it's just, it's really, really good. It directed by, uh, Stephanie Rothman, who has done some, like, some really good shit, like, uh, Beyond Atlantis, The Working Girls, um, uh, Screen Factory just released her other movie, The Velvet Vampire, that's really good. Yes. Um, yeah, she wrote, um, the Jack, uh, Jack Hill movie, um, uh, bloodbath that Arrow released. So yeah, she, Stephanie Rothman. I wish she she had a bigger career than she actually had because she was like, I mean, she was doing exploitation films better than men were, and like that's really fucking cool because she went in there. I mean, it's always been a male dominated industry, obviously, but for a female to go in there and just start making these movies with like no fucks, but also giving what men want. In those films at that given time, I mean, we're still talking about like even in the '80s with the Slumber Party Massacre, all directed by females, where they're making slashers and better, the better than men do. Um, but it, I guess when you get in exploitation films, it's it's a little bit tougher because of how you know um, how mean some of these films were. Um, but they didn't hold back. I mean, they they just went, but they also had this like female empowerment uh, movement mm-hmm. that they that they. Uh, Definitely pushed out there. So yeah, Stephanie Stephanie Rothman, man. I, I wish she made more movies. I think she was like Working Girls was like was her last movie and then she was done, maybe. Huh. But uh yeah, Working yeah, Girls definitely something to check out. Yeah, Working Girls, Group Marriage, Terminal Island, they're all on Blu-ray from Code Red, so I would definitely uh check those out. Very so. nice. Or, well, wait for Terminal Island for Vinegar Syndrome, right? Are we doing that? Uh, I mean, I, I hope that they do it as well. I, I know it's the, uh, um, the, um, Under, rights to that to film was a little wait messed up. Until the rights, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I gotta say about <clears throat> Vinegar Syndrome, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before. I have mentioned my disdain for slipcovers. Um, but Vinegar Syndrome does them right. They're Are you sturdy. Jerking off? Yeah. What? Yep. You touching yourself? Slipcover. Are you touching yourself, Sean? Slipcover porn. Um, <laughs> you might need to get some like, lube on that. That sounds dry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ouch. Um. So, like, <laughs> their slipcovers are their slipcovers are like are super sturdy, and uh, I'm 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 a fan. They're pretty. Good job. Good job. They're pretty. And they're 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 pretty. Um. The artwork's very nice. So, so. Uh, we got a couple more here. And this other one comes came with a limited edition slipcover. It is 1980s The Hearse. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. An ancient house. It's haunted. And you're a ghost. A phantom car that's still roaming the old county road in search of victims. Get me a knife! A terrifying confrontation with evil. Trish Van Livia, Joseph Cotton, The Hearse. A classic experience in fright. Rated PG. Awesome. Mm. All right, Sarah, you a fan of The Hearse? <laughs> uh, yes, 
question mark? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like Trish Vanderveer. She's not elite. I mean, she, you know, she was married to George C. Scott, I guess, but she's just not lead actress material for me. So, but mm. it does have um, Joseph Cotton in it, so there's a bonus. All right, here. I, I think I'll uh, change change your mind if you haven't seen this movie. Have you watched Hollywood Vice Squad? Me? Yes, I have. Yeah. You're amazing. All right, cool. <laughs> that you still don't like her? No, she's just <sighs> No, I don't. She's very oh, she's just bland and milk toast. I don't know. I mean, I I agree with you. I I'm, I'm a big fan of Hollywood Vice Squad. I mean, I think the cast in that she, she's in that fucking Carrie Fisher. You know, it's just Robin Wright is in that movie. Um, but I don't know. I think I think that's that movie's excellent. I just why don't we talk about that instead? Hollywood Vice Squad. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the hearse like it felt very much like uh, trying to be like Hammer Horror type uh, more um, more. It tries to be too fancy. It tries to be too fancy. Like it, 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 it's it's trying to do something that it's not. If they would just kind of do more of a haunted hearse type straightforward movie, it would have worked. Instead, they're trying to do all this like ah, uh, I don't know, like kind of dreamy like sequences, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It just takes away from the film. There's not a lot of horror. I think is is what it is. Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of the misleading misleading thing about it. So you'd yeah. r- you'd rather it's, have it like the car instead of whatever this is. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I was like, this, oh, it's going to be like a haunted hearse kind of, you know, where there is a hearse, but it's, I mean, I don't think it should have been called the hearse. Really? It should have been called the hearse mobile. <laughs> huh? No. The hearse <laughs> and the haunted house. I don't know. But I don't know. It's just it, it just feels a little too bland. I mean, there are. So, I mean, it looks good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Vinegar Syndrome did some great work. But I, I don't know. It's just it's not very engaging. I, I think is what my issue with it. It's just it's just really bland and just there. Um, yeah. I don't I don't really get excited about it. I've seen it a few times. I grew up on the hearse. Um, uh, a good pairing with this is I would say the ambulance and the hearse because they both have oh. similar similar tones, similar feels. Uh, I think the ambulance is a better movie. Um, but yeah, I, watch the hearse, watch the ambulance. That would be a good double feature. I think you just have to be in the mood and know what to expect from the hearse to and maybe yeah. enjoy it because I think going in blind on the hearse might be a little disappointing. It was very, like, European Gothic. It's the Malibu High (laughs) of haunted car movies. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the car, Christine, the ambulance. Nope. Yeah. That's not what it is. So yeah, there's I mean there's a lot of atmosphere. That was the word I was searching for earlier. Like yeah, yeah. Atmosphere in it. I mean this woman, she's recently divorced. She moves outside uh, outside San Francisco to more of the the country. Um, it's fun seeing. Like, I loved seeing the San Francisco stuff early on in the film. Like the the bay and everything was really filmed really great. Um, but you know she moves to this this weird house that she has some connection to. I think uh, by her aunt. And you know the the of course the townspeople are weird. Something's going on. They don't want her there. And um, and that and that's when then it gets going from there. But yeah, it never really ramps into anything really terrifying. Or like I feel like there's not enough payoff 
with the film with the, with the, with the setup. So for me, it was like it was okay. The atmosphere is pretty great. The I get the gothic tone that they're going for, and it could be maybe expectations too, because based on you know just the poster and, and artwork and stuff. But you, the director George Bowers, uh, you all should watch his other one of dude, his other my films tutor called my tutor. Oh, yeah, he yeah. also did that. Uh, the my Johnny tutor Depp. Is uh, he did that Johnny Depp movie too. That's a sex comedy. What is that called? Private Resort. Um, yeah, Private Resort. Thank yeah. you, Sarah. Yeah, Private Resort's yeah. really good too. So check out those those Private films. Resort's pretty high up on the sex comedy scale, by the way. Like it's it's pretty high up there. It's about it's it's up there like with um like uh screwballs and um and beach girls. Nice. I haven't I haven't seen Private Resort. I need to remedy that. Yeah. Dude, you need I've, to watch I've, Beach I've Girls. Seen the poster. Beach Girls is fucking great. I, I I do own Beach Girls. Yeah, and I need to I need to watch it. That's yeah. put up by Scorpion, right? Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, there's a few other movies of that, that directors to check out. But my hearse, yeah. If you if you want something more, you know, like Hammer horror gothic ish, you know, you the hearse is is all right. Just by looks you know? though, not by style and feel. Just yeah. by like cinematography wise, it tries yeah. really hard to be a Hammer yeah, movie. It does. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the last film we are going to discuss. Last film. Um, That's it. Well, uh, in in the you know the main the main batch here, then we can talk a little bit about the uh, the grown up movies. Oh, my my daughter! My daughter just walked in the room. I had to kind of keep the conversation. I'll (laughs) say (laughs) X rated, (laughs) as in bad. My son, Naughty. my son walked. My son walked in when I was watching Showgirls last night, and so you know, put some ice on it scene, and, and so I had to hide my screen, and I'm just like, "Go away, honey! You can't see this." <laughs> All right, here we go. We are going to talk about 1992's Psycho Cop Returns. Yeah, Larry and Brian thought they'd planned the perfect bachelor party. They took care of the booze. They took care of the boss. Yes! They took care of the girls. Women, 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 women! They took care of the entertainment. We're here to party! They even took care of the night watchman. The only thing they didn't take care of was him. You boys wouldn't be planning anything illegal. Now they've got an uninvited guest. They're just having some fun, fun. Until someone loses an eye. He's a cop. He shoots at people for a living. Chances are he's a little bit strange. (laughs) Psycho Cop 2. You know, I'm beginning to suspect foreplay. It's nobody but you're drunk and disorderly. Well, hello there, officer. (laughs) You're under arrest. You have the right to remain... Yeah, there's something really wrong. I, Actually, I, I take it back. This is my favorite. I would say. Oh, I don't no, know. You know, stop, stop. I would say watch Maniac Cop instead. No, fuck you. Um, yeah, <laughs> Maniac Cop's really good though. All right, so number one, you're jumping into this shit watching Psycho Cop Returns without watching Psycho Cop, right? Well, yeah, but is Psycho Cop available anywhere? It doesn't matter. Psycho Cop still exists. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah the film's available somewhere 
you Look, know, maybe if Vinegar Syndrome would release Sony, Cop I think Sony first. owns it. Sony owns it. Okay. So just relax. I, a lot of these studios or all these distribu- distributors, uh, they'll get rights to a sequel. And it's always frustrating because like, I always want to make it a point to watch the first movie first. But in this case, I jumped right into the sequel. But I don't think – for me, I don't think it mattered. I it does. what it was. No, does it, it does. It does. All right. Trust explain. me. Um, explain, well, Sarah, have you watched uh, Psycho Cop? I haven't. But one? I've seen uh, – uh, I don't know. I'm looking at this second one and I see Julie Strain is in it. So there's a reason to watch it right there. Yeah, she's she's super cute. Super cute lady. All right, so Psycho Cop. All right. Psycho Cop, the first one, is a thousand times better than Psycho Cop Returns. But it pushes, it gives you a little bit more um, of kind of just what to expect from Joe Vickers when you're watching Psycho Cop Returns. Hmm. It's a lot more fun to watch him unfold and kind of just waltz around and like you know intimidate the people at uh you know um the people at the restaurant and follow them and then get to the security guard it's a lot more fun watching him do that knowing what's going to happen and what this dude is about um so psycho cop is just the silly version of maniac cop i would say is the kind of the the way to you know Maybe explain a little bit better. Um, the dialogue and one-liners in Psycho Cop are outstanding. They're so funny. Um, the guy who plays uh, Joe Vickers, I can't remember his name. He's from you know The Office. He plays Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Yeah, uh, Robert Schaefer. Robert Ro- Robert Schaefer. Schaefer. So yeah, Robert yeah. Schaefer just takes this role of this psycho cop and just churns it out and does something really fantastic. And you can tell that he is enjoying what he's doing. And I think that's one of the biggest, um, concerns I have, um, while watching some of these movies, whether it be a slasher or whatever, can you kind of get the vibe that the actor is enjoying himself and having a good time? Because so many times we have a slasher, where it's just a figure. It's just, it's just somebody there. It's not really, it can be anybody menacing. It can be anybody that's just funny, but somebody that really enjoys like what they're doing. For example, the, the first slumber party massacre is really great. You know, uh, yeah, that's a little more straightforward, but in the sequel, when we have the driller killer guitar, this <laughs> dude is loving every second yeah. of his life playing this character. <laughs> and that's why I like slumber party massacre two more than the first one. Um, they're both great. I love the trilogy in general, but then you even have the third movie where that guy, he's so awkward killing, like it's, he's wearing like fucking slacks and like a, he looks like me. <laughs> like that's my dad outfit. You know, like if I went around in my dad outfit killing people, I don't look like I'm having fun. Like dude, wear like shorts and a t-shirt or something. Feel more comfortable. Um, Robert Schaefer in Psycho Cop, when he is playing Psycho Cop, he is having a blast. It's like Freddy. It's like Robert Unglam being Freddy. Like, you know, he loves doing that. You know, he loves that role. And so there's just this whole different vibe going on. And I think that it's an exposition for the character, even though it's very minimal. Watching Psycho Cop and then watching Psycho Cop 2, it's a great pair. Um, but what amplifies a little bit in Psycho Cop 2 is that, you know, Riff Coogan, aka Adam Rifkin, is the one that's behind it. Um, and Adam Rifkin just has this really 
fun way of taking boobs and blood and kind of like this homoerotic thing and turning it <laughs> in and putting like uh, yeah i mean adam rifkin of course like he has like this whole huge like overtone homo homoerotic uh homoeroticism in his in his films and it's just, it's really fun um, it makes it a little bit more sleazy. It makes it, you know, uh, very sweaty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, what do you guys think of ultra sweaty sex scenes? It just, for me, it just kind of like, you know, in this movie, it's, it's fucking turn-off. great. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you saying, can you, weigh, can you weigh in on this? Um, I am not a fan of those either. I always feel like I need to take a shower after movies that have that because this is really grimy. <laughs> Grimy is my word. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're talking about in the movies or are you talking about real life? Oh, I'm talking about <laughs> like, in the movies, but in, in real life movies. too, I guess. I mean, you I mean, know. Turn on an air, in real life, you can turn on a goddamn air conditioner. Just turn it down a little bit. See, I turn the heat take, on. Take a sheet off. I turn yeah. the heat on. <laughs> yeah, I turn the heat on, run around the room a few times, and then I jump on her. <laughs> oh, um, freak. <laughs> So I, I, well, I, I don't know. Like I find, like, I guess you, if you were talking about something like some nineties, like, you know, Skinamax flicks. Yeah. But it, in, in, in Psycho Cop Returns, the, the over the top bodies bumping with this looks like a sprinkler is on them and the water <laughs> is just pouring down them. I find it comical, but that's what really, that's what Adam Rifkin is really good at doing. <laughs> you know, um, but Psycho Cop Returns, Adam Rifkin has this charm in his movies that make you laugh but make you feel dirty at the same time. So something like equivalent to The Dark Backward with uh, Judd Nelson and Bill Paxton. Like, you know, the movie is just so bizarre, which like Psycho Cop Returns is, but you have like these really great characters uh, throughout the film and you have – Miles Dougal in uh, Psycho Cop Returns. I think this is like his his uh, debut. Ha- has worked with Adam Rifkin for years. Um, just being kind of that sweaty, nervous, uh, you know, worker guy. And I, I don't know. I I, I kind of like the the themes, the tones, um, the aesthetic that Adam Rifkin provides. I think maybe that's now. I think if anybody else directed Psycho Cop Returns. I probably wouldn't be as on board with it, but being it's Adam Rifkin, he brings a certain certain aesthetic to his films that make it really enjoyable. And I think a lot of people, I think it gets mixed in with the kind of the gross stuff, like maybe that you suggested. But like <laughs> with something like uh, like the Dark Backward and you know like Detroit Rock City, watching kind of him make the documentary of uh, Giuseppe makes a movie with Giuseppe Andrews, like. He has this way of showing kind of a dirtier, darker, sweatier side to cinema, and that's why I really, 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 really like Adam Rifkin. So, but anyways, I I I like Psycho Cop Returns, but watch Psycho Cop first, and I think I think you'll, and then watch Psycho Cop Returns. I think you'll have a different uh, kind of different aspect. It'll have a different aspect with you. you you'll look at it differently. Anyway, so that was Psycho Cop Returns. Um, they do have. A few new movies, uh, a new package out yet that we haven't got to. We'll be getting to that uh, probably within the you know within the next uh, few weeks. Here, we'll we get to talk about Nurse Sherry. Ooh. Well, yeah, we'll be talking about Nurse Sherry next time. I haven't watched it yet. I'm, ex- I'm pretty excited to watch it. So make sure you get some lotion. Out. I know uh, vinegarsyndrome.com. Let's jump into uh, briefly 
into the back room. So the titles that they have, they, they released, there's That's Outrageous, Hot Flashes, double feature of Ladies Night slash Her Wicked Ways, oh, and double Homer. feature of Pussycat Ranch, and Here Comes the Bride. So you said, if, you said pussy. Yep. So if you both, <laughs> have you both seen any of these? All right. Um, I gotta, I gotta, um, let me, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna pull it out here and check to see oh what God. I've seen. Um, all right. So. Uh, Hot Flashes, let's see what this was. Oh, Hot Flashes was entertaining because it's nothing but fucking. Not butt fucking, <laughs> but butt fucking. I know it's like, hey, you're talking about a porno, but no, there's so much sex in Hot Flashes, like I was getting Hot Flashes. Wow. <laughs> like, it's about, like, on-site weather girls that just fuck everybody. Like... <laughs> There wasn't even scenes of like dialogue and other people were fucking. Uh, like some dude, they're just like, Hey, how's it going in San Francisco? And he's like, Oh, it's okay. And then she just gets down and starts blowing him. And I'm like, There's absolutely no story in Hot Flashes and whatsoever. But you're complaining about that? Well, here's the thing about myself and, and older pornography is that I do enjoy, um, one of my favorite all-time porno films is Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls. Um, number one, because it Desiree Cousteau's in it, and she is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but it also is, if you take out the sex scenes in Hot and Saucy Pizza Girls, you still have a movie. And that's where I look at it, is that that's my double enjoyment out of those films. Now, like something with uh, That's Outrageous... That's Outrageous has some really, like, this was one of the very first uh, pornos that I watched from Vinegar Syndrome where I was like, I might need to take a little break <laughs> because I need to go to my back room. Um, hot, that's Outrageous. You don't actually, have to set up all right there? Wow. Huh? You don't have like a little table and just everything set up right there? Well, I don't really pull it out in the living room. <laughs> so, no. Uh, no, no, no. I don't. I watch it in the living room, but I really don't pull it out in the living room. So uh, that's outrageous. Is really great. Uh, Jamie Gillis is in it. Um, J- Joey Silvera. Both of these guys have always been hilarious. Uh, rest in peace. But both of these guys have always been really, really funny, and they're really great in this movie. Um, it does have a story. Um, it's mainly just about affairs and sex, of course. Um, but it's done in a very comical and funny way. Um, also, the sex scenes are very tasteful. Um, they're not like super gross like some of these movies are, but they're just, you know, they, they're longer. Um, they have, uh, you know, there's, there's that feeling between the characters where both of them are enjoying it. Which I think that's a lot of uh, issues with pornography in general is that obviously the girl's not digging it, which is a huge turnoff. And if the guy's not digging it, he looks nervous, and therefore it's not fun either. But in this in this film, both of the girls are yeah, actually when the girls do it as well, which is they're always happy when they're doing that. But when it's the guy girl scenes, you can tell that both uh, actors actresses they're both into it, um, which makes it a little bit more enjoyable and it's really funny. 
So that's outrageous is definitely the highlight of the back room on these. Hmm. Um, pussy can't rat, pussy cats, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> pussy cat ranch. It's awful just because no one can act in it. It's just over the top, stupid. People are looking at the camera constantly. There's actually one blonde girl in it that won't stop looking at what's going on behind the camera. She, like, even, like, pops her head over to, like, look to see what people are doing. Like, I guess they're <laughs> fucking on set. I don't know. Uh, Pussycat Ranch is not the greatest. Uh, Here Comes the Bride. Kind of the same thing. They're directed by John Christopher, same director. Where it's just, like, you know... uh, Pussycat Ranch and Here Comes the Bride are, like... Equivalent to the really bad slashers. Everybody's making a slasher, so let's make one. Eh, equivalent to the porno. It's like, oh, I can get people to fuck on camera. Let me do that. Hey, let me ask my friends. And it's just, I don't know. It's just not very fun. It's just there. Um, what were the other ones? Ladies' Night and Wicked Ways. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to those. BJ's gonna have to cover those. That's not good. Well, we'll 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 get some information on those from BJ. But I will say that's outrageous. Said- is really good. I th- I know BJ is okay. gonna really love. Uh, she's probably got a lot of great things to say about that's outrageous. Cool. We'll 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 have her weigh in. She is gonna be working on her own little podcast called BJ's Backroom Double Feature Recommendations, available to patrons. Um, and next week I'll have more information. Well, we should have more information on that, on what price level and all that kind of stuff. But uh, should should be good. Sarah, did you have any uh, weigh-ins on on the backroom uh, titles? Uh, I do not. I, I, I watch okay. porn, but I haven't seen any of those. I'm sorry. Yeah, do you have any like favorite like? Uh, uh, <laughs> do you have any like favorite like porno films like from vinegar syndrome or anything that exists out there in the world uh you know i am really bad with titles i'm sorry no it's okay i was just curious so yeah. what, what's 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 some of your like fate like your favorite favorite films and like as far as kind of like what we've been talking about today like exploitation and stuff like that anything that really stands out that you really love um, that has, that's kind of sexy, like Malibu High, that kind of stuff, or just exploitation in general? Yeah, just, just, just whatever. Just to kind of get a feel for your taste, like what, what, what makes Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane? Oh gosh. Um, well, I like a black exploitation. Willie Dynamite is my favorite black exploitation, but I also like Truck Turner. Uh, I like Jack Hill movies. Um, yeah. you know, Switchblade Sisters. I think he did that one. Um, yeah. God, it's so early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. That's good though. I mean, I, I, I think, I think we definitely, cause for, for, from, from just reading what you've written and I, I, I mean, I guess I haven't interacted you with it that long, but from what I can tell, like, you definitely know your shit and you're really into like, like some really obscure stuff, which I think everybody lacks with these days. I, I don't think people really dive into. You're not afraid to get weird. No, um, and can- and a, a lot of and that's not from like a a woman perspective. That's from an everybody perspective. I think people are afraid to get too weird these days, and it really bugs me. 
Well, I we first of all, I have to thank my husband because I didn't really watch a lot of exploitation until I met him, and so he introduced me to the whole genre. We watched a lot of um, something weird videos, and this was back in the early two thousands. So uh, some of that stuff was still really obscure, but um, yeah. So he got me into that, but also we use Bleeding Skull their book as a guide to we have a challenge going on where we're watching every single movie in the book and there's over 200 i think we're only at 83 and so far it's a three-year project because we just watch so many movies but yeah that's mostly shot on video stuff so if you want to get really weird uh and then you know that's that's what you're looking for yeah awesome all right. Well, uh, your writing, like you said, is over at talkfilmsociety.com. Yes, sir. I also and, have a letterbox and, and, page. I'm sorry. Um, it's uh, letterbox.com slash fuck this. Nice. And that, of course, uh, same handle for Twitter, F-O-O-K, this. That's Follow me. Follow Sarah. A lot of fun. A lot of fun times. Try to be. I'm naughty. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about well, a lot of uh, cock. I think, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for for this week's show. Sarah, thank you for, for joining us today and hanging out and talking some flicks. I need to give some shout-outs to our sponsors, Vinegar Syndrome, of course. Um, I want to thank them for sending titles our way so we can talk about them. Coffee Shop of Horrors, if you want a 10% discount on your coffee order, go to coffeeshopofhorrors.com and use the coupon code SCREAMCAST. A lot of their coffee is uh, really good. They're a favorite of mine. Um, and uh, so so check them out. A lot of, like, They have like so many crazy flavors. Um, I always stick to like kind of the vanillas, hazelnuts, stuff like that. Um, but they do have a new peanut butter cup flavor called Game Over. They should check out. All right. Um, oh, and their uh, their waffles and syrup stranger brew is divine. Mm, so I haven't had that one yet. Please check them out. And um, grindhouse video, grindhouse video, buy everything. Com. Check them first, please. Um, we just had a giveaway for our five dollar and up patrons. We had a couple winners there, and um, gosh, I can't. I. I I sh- uh, let's see. Who were the winners? Tony, T Bone Tony Hartman. T Bone Tony Hartman. Oh, shit. Uh. <laughs> and oh, who was our other one? I don't know. Um, I don't remember. I know. I got but it. T Bone. T Bone Tony Hartman. Dude. <laughs> like, Jacob how is that much of a black exploitation like, like flick T Bone? T Bone Tony Hartman. <laughs> Well, congratulations to T Bone, Tony Hartman, Jim Brown, Jacob, and Jacob Peake, Fred Williamson, winning, being our, our first winners. If you're a Jim five dollar patron, if you're a five dollar patron, you'll be entered into a drawing each month for Tony King from Grindhouse Video. Also, music by Wolfman of Mars. They have some new T-shirts and shit up over at their uh, Bandcamp, Bandcamp uh, WolfmanofMars.Bandcamp.com. And Kevin Spencer is responsible for our logo. He uh, is. He, his, he's keeping the website inkspatters.com, but he's switching some stuff he, stuff around. He's about to dive into some a lot more art, so uh, he's going to have a lot more cool stuff coming out 
as well. So, of course, like Grindhouse video. Social media links are over at the cheaper than Amazon. And of course, (laughs) if you love what we do, if you want to support the show, grindhousevideo.com. Please become a patron over at patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. We have a few levels, $5 levels. Of course, you entered into the drawing each month for free shit. Uh, you can uh, help drive the conversation for our late night bonus episode. Drive our patrons and up. You can hear the late night episode. Um, and then I'm trying to work out for BJ's uh, show. I may make that available to all patrons uh, dollar and up. So we're going to sort out all the specifics. But please, if you like what we do, um, we, we want to thank all of you guys for uh, supporting us via Patreon. And we do have a couple new patrons, I think. Uh, Dustin Mills, thank you so much for becoming well, a Dustin patron. Mills, the fucking director? Uh, Dustin Wade Mills, I don't know. Dustin, that's the fucking director! Dustin, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking director of, like, Apple Cart and shit. <laughs> what? Uh, Tony Harmon's a new new patron. Josh Jones, Josh Jones is a new patron. Um, so thank you guys for supporting the podcast that way. We really appreciate it. All right. That's going to do it for this week's show, everybody. Any last words, Sarah? Uh, no, just thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. A lot more guests will be coming your way uh, uh, through future shows. Um, so thank all of you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, George Clooney. <laughs> Bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun.